0: When I walked into the kitchen that afternoon, Grandma Robin was pacing the floor, holding a rolling pin like a lethal weapon. Mom and Dad and Chrissy were sitting in the kitchen chairs like scolded children. Grandma pointed to the vacant chair and I sat down. It struck me how scary it was to greet Grandmom and I, and to have her response without a smile. Isn't this a charming bunch? I have to hear from a block from a bawling six year old that my son in law is a robber who might be smacking his teen che- his teenage his teenage his teenage daughter around that my daughter has turned into shylock where nothing seems to matter but the almighty dollar my oldest granddaughter compounds the situation by offering boatloads of nothing but trouble <sighs> mm. I wouldn't say nothing but trouble. She's processing it just like the mother is processing it by thinking about money, mostly. But, okay. Uh, she stopped and crossed her arms over her chest and surveyed us. Does that about cover it? No, not quite, honestly. There was a beat or two of silence, then chaos, as everyone started talking at once. Mom shouted at Robin. Dad shouted at me. I shouted at Chrissy. Chrissy sobbed into the neck of her favorite bear. Like I said, trickle-down effect, you guys. Robin smacked the table with the rolling pin. Hush. And Dad and I jumped back in our chairs. Chrissy sobbed harder. Mom just glared grandmom's voice rose you've made the only sane person in the room cry not another word honestly I, I would say it was with the yelling and the running around authoritatively with a big rolling pan you know and an iron fist but whatever Um, her hair had come loose from its messy bun and wisp around her head made her look wild. The set of her mouth was threatening. Where my mellow, where was my mellow grandmom, Robin? Consider this an intervention, she said, because you people are totally messed up. Robin, you're the one to be talking, mom started. See, right here. Doesn't even call her mother mom. I mean... To some, that is very disrespectful, but whatever. I digress. Okay, that makes you first. Why are you screaming at your children? What are you so afraid of? This isn't the end of the world, and it's not. The grandmother is right. Mom's mouth dropped open. Do you think I'm supposed to be back living in a tent again? Raise my girls in a park? Pain while I tell bogus fortunes and tarot cards? My hands had curled into fists. You think this isn't the end of the world? Okay, so that would be technically classified as her mother throwing, not a tantrum, but to some adults who have children, backtalk. Adult children, back talk. That would be considered back talk, at least from where I stand. I don't know why. <sighs> Telling... Your parents, your feelings, your emotions about things. Saying, hey, no, I don't think I can stand for this. I won't stand for this because I deserve more or I deserve better. Something like that. I deserve better reciprocation of my feelings. That is what you do when you're actually in a relationship. You actually have to set boundaries because even like when everything is new and you're starting a relationship with someone. You have boundaries. Or you're supposed to have boundaries. Um, as your relationship progress. Those boundaries get stronger. Some of them get broken. And then remolded to fit that specific relationship. This is always um, a problem. It seems like it's not always a gentle or understanding course in the parent-child relationship. But then again, I have no kids. Robin's face softened. She's understanding that her daughter still has problems and they have not went to therapy. You have this wonderful, lovely house and your son-in-law has bought you this house. And, you know, you guys as mother and daughter cannot go see a therapist together. You guys cannot as a family go and be In, you know, a reciprocating relationship where you understand each other's feelings and you understand that certain things affected you. There's the age-old argument that if nothing ever affects anyone, how can anyone learn how to grow? How can anyone learn how to do this and how to do that? Well, as Jesus said, Jesus Christ Superstar and possibly the Bible. I'm pretty sure he said it in the Bible. There will be poor always, pathetically struggling. Look at the think. Look at the good things you've got. So, of course, I'm taking from Jesus Christ Superstar for most of it. Honestly, it's it's a true statement. I mean, your utopia may not be the good of humanity. I mean, I don't know. That's not my forte. That was over 20 years ago for two months. It was an adventure, Diana. An adventure? I grew up with my stomach in knots from the uncertainty. You think life isn't about money. It's about love and freedom and all that babble. It is about money. Money is safety. Her voice dropped and she arranged and rearranged the salt pepper shakers. Okay, so we get that it is over two decades that her daughter has been dealing with this and it was for two months and my guess is is that they hit such a low point that I'm not sure how they got out of it I don't think they under I don't think they explain it but honestly even if you have years and years of good or better treatment you you mostly remember the bad things that happen to you because the bad things that happen to you are the things that stick into your head and sometimes for a lot of people it's key to survival and then sometimes it just may be the thing that's holding them back I speak from personal experience on a part of that thing And then the whole thing about it was an adventure, more than likely something happened to where the mother was not able to provide. And how do people think of basic necessity and being able to provide literally through finances and shelter? So that is literally the basic, the most basic thing. And um, it's... Like, literally, when people, there's this, um, there's this movie, it's called Fences. It was based off on a play, um, some, quite a few years ago. And in, in the play, also the film, Denzel Washington and James Earl Jones both played the role of the father. And in the, there's one part that always stuck with me when I looked at the play version and when I looked at the movie version. It says in the script. While they're having a face off. The father and the son. Uh, I.E. mirroring. The face off that Robin. And. Um, Diana. The, the mother. Her mom. Are having right now in the book. He literally says. Um, I don't have to like you. Or he says. I don't got to like you. What law says I gotta like you. And. And. He basically goes through the entire spiel of you know you had a roof over your head, you have food in your belly may not have always been the best food, but you have food. you did not go to bed starving um uh and then there's um the part of a roof over your head, you know like clothes over your clothes on your back, a roof over your head, food in your stomach, you know. I took care, that's the basic necessities of taking care of some somebody. So even when a person has like an animal, like a, a hamster or a cat, a dog, most commonly in American homes uh, nationwide. Some places, you know, have exotic type of pets like, you know, snakes, uh, various forms of bugs, uh, alligators and, you know, rats. Um, hamsters, possibly gophers, frogs, you know, it's a big country. Anyway, so, um, all of those things, those animals can, can provide emotional support. However, um, the basic necessities are met for a kept pet for a human people are always saying that humans are so complex well animals are also complex beings although it may seem as if they have no soul they are also able to mimic various forms of communication various forms of emotions a variety of things that are abundantly considered human so i'm i'm pretty sure because um Not that it was always a speech given to me because I was pretty grateful for having the, you know, the food, even though sometimes it sucked to the pot and stuck to my stomach in weird ways, gave me indigestive problems um, at a young age that are thankfully, you know, worked on and uh, little too um, insignificant now because they've been treated in the past with better food and with exercise and understanding portion sizes. Um, That's a slap to you, America. Food industry of America. Portion sizes are too big. Portion sizes are literally large, too large. Anyway, back to regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) It says James here seems to think I don't remember what it's like to be a teenager. Well, I remember. I remember being frightened every minute, scared to sleep thinking that some drug crazed man would snatch me out of a tent, embarrassed that I had to use public restrooms, mortified when I couldn't get a shower or a clean towel. Mom's voice cracked. Okay, so basically her mom's teenaged upbringing horrible conditions technically the tent is a roof over the head technically from her mother's hustle of tarot card readings and uh bogus fortunes and park panhandling which is kind of illegal sort of kind of (coughs) that was a form of monetary income And, uh, let's see, clothes on the back. So I'm pretty sure that she still had clothes. You know, so technically, all the basic necessities were met. However, they were not in the most safe environment. Um, They were not in the most um, compatible environment for a young teenager. Because, like she said embarrassed about having me use a public restroom she can't shower or get a clean towel that's pretty I mean honestly when I go to get my dry towel and if I like didn't have tissue that day or whatever and I go into my hamper and I see that oh my god I sneezed and there's like snot in my bath towel i i'm embarrassed by myself and that's just alone like having i mean it's not an exact parallel i'm making connections wherever i can find them however that still seems like a pretty rough upbringing and i'm pretty sure that unless someone was dirt poor like so poor to where they're walking around in rags literally patches the thinnest clothes possible. Okay, poorer than Tiny Tim and his family. That's a Christmas Carol reference. If you didn't get it, um, poorer than Jay Gatsby. That's another literary reference of The Great Gatsby. I love that book actually. So I'm pretty sure she has an undiagnosed anxiety disorder, and these are things that she, even if it was for two months. It was such a bad space that she doesn't want to go back to it. She doesn't want to revert back to it. So I'm pretty sure that, you know, you can sympathize with the mother. However, because the mother had it so bad um, in a physical sense and in an emotional sense, a psychological sense she isn't seeing because she didn't get the therapy like I suggested in the other episode that you know she get therapy with her husband before she even had her children before she even got married so that she could deal with all of these problems before she even got into a serious relationship that altered her entire you know world I don't know when she and her husband met. I don't know how they met, and I don't know where she was in her life or in her life with her mother at that point. We don't know that because this is not her mother's story. This is just a gateway into her story. This is Ames's story, and it's just beginning. Continuing on. So the situation you're in now is my fault. Robin's voice was softer but gave no ground. Once you got that great job and married a man who... May wads of cash, you still can take the reins of your own destiny. Okay, so this is a hit to, this is a hit to, um, Diana, the mother. And Robin, she, she's kind of trying to escape her own little intervention. A lot of things that, um, happen with people who do interventions, they also need to take a little of their own medicine as well because more than likely there's some things that everybody in the room at the time of any intervention could probably be open to understanding and suggesting. However, there always should be a medium and here reading this story now, I am the medium. I'm trying to look at it from everybody's um, viewpoints, everybody's perspective. I'm trying to analyze all of that to give everyone a fair chance of being understood in a human element. I'm not trying to dehumanize anyone, although with the father, I'm a little biased because he presented himself to his daughter, um, IE through my eyes as the reader as a sort of alpha male who was easygoing. So, I'm kind of expecting him to fit a certain specific mold. But once again, humans are like water. Sometimes we flow in and out. Sometimes we freeze up and we're solid. It just depends on whatever water source and whatever environment you're in at the point in time of which we find you. And then uh, her mother says, I did until he destroyed it. Mom's voice was poisonous. Okay, so she's throwing the venom at her husband. Okay, (laughs) so uh, yes, taking shots is something we don't want to do in an intervention. We want to uh make sure that everybody's cool, calm, and collected and understands that we are here to help, we are here to move forward, and we are here to get some growth out of this ripping off of the band-aid so instead of confronting her mother with yes it is your fault um I'm thinking because she did not know exactly how to word this to her mother and even I'm having trouble wording this I didn't uh, write down any notes except you know um psychological torment from um you know being in that predicament for possibly the worst two months of her entire life so uh I just want to break down the Robbins her her mother's uh statement once again it says once you got that great job that great job does not um it doesn't help with The emotional and psychological issues she has still with you and with the situation that she was in when she was in her pubescent state she needed to figure out those things probably while she could afford um well I don't know psychological therapist I don't know if they're like together in a cohesive way I don't know I mean I just know the two types of people that help people and those are the the two types that I know. So I'm thinking that while she had that great job that you and your daughter could have went to a person to help, you know, help get your mental, emotional and uh like spiritual points together and like build together while you had a financial um a financial what can I say While you have financial means to be able to provide that avenue that path of connection um it doesn't say anything about well, we did this, we did that because she still has a problem with her mom. And thus, in turn, she has a problem with her daughter. She hasn't. What I'm seeing here is that because of the problems with her mother, she has problems with her daughter. And her daughter doesn't know why there are these problems. So, um, say for instance, Ames grows up and falls in love with a man or falls in lust with a man and has you know his kid and boom it's a baby girl and that baby girl (sighs) kind of goes through the same things but then again it's a whole nother life a whole nother situation to deal with but the possibility of not having a connection that's that's one of the things <clears throat> so Robin sees it as my daughter's shallow because all she thinks about is money. Well, no. You, as her mother, Robin, would have probably had a sort of um financial setup to where she could expect certain things. And then when that setup was probably lost or... uh. You probably gave it away, like something of your own doing made you guys homeless, okay? It wasn't an adventure. You literally lied to your kid thinking that that little make-believe, that little white lie would not mean anything in the grand scheme of things if you were completely taken care of. But because you did not handle that situation, tell the truth and because you weren't honest in that moment that makes all the more um difficult for your daughter that's just what I'm seeing but let's just let's just move on okay um okay uh oh I'm gonna backtrack when it says uh so the situation you're in now um once again Sorry, I just... I had to do something. Um, so, yes. Sort of. Kind of in a way because those things were not addressed before she got married. So then when she got a husband with a safe and secure job who made wads of cash, as Robin says, she thought, oh, this is how I will control my own destiny. But, um... I'm not saying that her and her husband did not make a sort of connection where they understood each other and understood what they were in the relationship for. I'm just saying that it was something that should have been handled before things got too out of control and they got too out of control and through his aunt, through the husband's fault to do what he did caused a ripple effect of discord within the family. Okay, you put your life in a man's hands, which is sort of kind of what she did. Um, What she did was she trusted him in a way that she would probably have trusted her father, probably have trusted her mother before they ended up homeless. We don't hear about what happens to her dad. At least I don't think so. Once again, I, I haven't read this book in years and he messes up which is true everybody admits that he even admits it what happens now she doesn't know she doesn't know how to cope once again she did not you guys did not sit together go to therapy i'm not i'm not trying to put the blame on and solely on the mother but i'm saying decisions that parents make affect their children okay Diana, who is Ames's mother, and her father are seeing that now, or they will see that later on in the book, because literally had her dad not made the specific decision that he did and had her mother worked out her own issues with her mother and they decided to um sort of amend their type of child rearing and parenting style. <sighs> Some of the things that happens to Ames probably would not have happened in the specific setting that they happened in. In certain outcomes, as I remember them before we're actually reading them, because remember this is a reread for me, those specific situations would um, probably have never happened. And I mean, like, this book taught me an entire, like, it taught me so much Within uh, these little, I think, 300 pages. It's about, it's a, oh no, it's just short of 300 pages. It's literally eight pages short of 300. So within this little realm of uh, this book, I learned so much. And I'm not saying that this is the only avenue uh, to which I learned specific things um, like psychological torment And cause and in reaction, cause and effect, and reaction from certain decisions and situations. I'm just saying that this book gave me like another outlook and it helped me stop myself from making some pretty bad decisions. And that's just me being transparent and honest. She jerked the salt and pepper shakers away so mom couldn't over. Couldn't obsess over them. So, um, one of the things is... That's kind of uh, symbolic. Literally. She can't obsess. She can't obsess of the thing that she can control. Yeah. I mean, I'm just now getting that. Who do parents control their children? And they obsess over, what? Finite details. Well, that's if they have no life. But, you know... (laughs) parents often allow their children to become their life and that's just another form of sacrifice and I'm saying I'm not saying that parents shouldn't have a life because they have children I'm just saying that as those children get older and they become a little bit independent of their parents they should welcome that and understand that this is a way for you as a parent to kind of, if you haven't had a life up until now, to kind of branch away from your child but still be there to be their rock and, you know, emotional support. And, you know, if they need you because they need parental guidance and they aren't completely out from under you yet. Help them. Do not enable, but help them. I know that might sound like flimflam. I'm so sorry. My heart is kind of racing right now because it's about to be a big one, and I can see the little uh, black line here. We are almost to part two, and part two is a trip, at least for me. Well, kind of for anybody who finishes the book. At least that's what I was saying. It looks like you're just going to shout at people and blame anyone that gets in your crosshairs. I.e. that's her way of coping. That's her defense mechanism. She doesn't know how to do it. How to cope in a beneficial way. Mom deflated a little. Why is this all on me? I didn't do this. Yeah, she didn't make the family crumble per se, but... Both of the parents are responsible for um, breaking the trust bond with both their daughters because they've been lying to them. However, it is strictly the father's fault um, in the financial sense and in the trust sense of the wife cannot trust the father. And the kids being on the outside of it can see something's wrong with mom and dad and then it's like oh my god can't trust either one of them because now they have problems they won't tell me i'm in the dark someone help it isn't all on you robin said but you're still but you're still on your a word do you have a plan to get off of it Okay, so the mom is thinking, "Hey, let's get some ingenuity going." I'm thinking around this time, if the wife didn't already have a job, that she probably didn't think to get one. Not like not because she's lazy or anything, but probably because she doesn't um, fully understand. I mean, there are some women who are so hypergamous; they're like, "I'm never, I'm never working. I will work." To maintain the house and keep it in order however I will not lift my finger to do any type of labor or manual work I know women like that and when they stay married to a man they expect the man to do that and I mean there's nothing entirely wrong with it I mean because raising children is a full-time job and no you don't get to call off on holidays and you don't get to resign either but I guess one of the ways that Robin allowed her mental ingenuity to take root is by doing the tarot cards and by panhandling and by um making sure that they had a tent and they did fortunes or whatever. She must have been very good at it because within two months, something changed, their luck changed, something happened. We don't know exactly what happened because we are only getting this one specific um set of months these two months but like i said the father can get off his high horse and get a lower paying job or a nice paying job that is not on corporate level the mother could band together with the teenage daughter and say hey this is how we're gonna budget this this is how we're gonna budget that um dad cut back on the alcohol because alcohol costs money it literally costs money. It is like one of the expensive, the, the most expensive hobbies, you know, one of the most expensive, literally one of the most expensive ways to cope because literally taxes don't care if you're coping. <laughs> like you have to pay taxes on this alcohol. And then when you get inebriated, You might do things that you wouldn't normally do if you were sober, thus for ending or possibly wrecking more relationships that you could have built stronger bonds with, with going through this specific thing in your life. I'm not trying to nag. I'm not trying to be, I don't know, I'm not trying to be like, haha, in your face, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. I'm just saying that... There are ways you can go about this to where you don't flail and fall into destitution. That's what I think Robin is saying, or at least that's what I'm analyzing here. Robin got herself a glass of water and turned her attention to Dad. Now it's for you, you stole from your clients. You have no job and no hope of getting another one. And I mean, this question, it, I mean, it should have been asked a long time ago. Like, by her or some other parental figure of the both of them. Because, literally, one of the things you can do when you're in a relationship without children is break it off. You can break it off and, you know, whoever survives that, survives it. However, when you have children on the front line, I have heard of people staying in their marriage... Through the rockiest of hardships for their children. And then understanding um, that they don't want to be with each other anymore. And then when their children get grown, it's like, okay, well, no longer with this person. I'll break into my child when I break it to my child. But my child is out there living its best life and going about finding about, like, their innermost workings of their self i know that was a little wordy but bear with me there was a episode of one tv show where um the parents were like hey you're grown now you have finished college you have finished um you have a good job now you're on your feet we don't have to keep this up for you anymore. I have a man. Your your daddy has a, a girlfriend. Like, I'm getting married. They're comfortable together. We understand. We're applicable. Wait, we're amicable, sorry, of our relationship now. And you, as a fully formed adult, are just going to have to, you know, accept it. It may be hard. It may be hurtful. But. It's the truth is their truth, it's their relationship, that is how they decided to grow. And now that you're out on your own, even though it may be painful, you have to grow with them. So it seems like the dad is refusing to grow in a way that he doesn't see fit. And I think that that's probably one of the worst things because... Uh, ha- not having a job and not having money coming in because he had to pay that money back that he stole and thus they don't even have a cushion it is sending his wife who he knows has had monetary problems um, early on in her life and she's affected by it he it's like no I know you have problems but I'm not doing this I'm not taking a job that I see lower and beneath me to help you know, cope for you, to help support you through my bad decision. I'm not doing that. That's what it sounds like the dad is going through. Again, we don't know because we don't know. Dad refused to look at grandma. Look at me and tell me I don't have a grasp of the situation. I've worked hard all my life to give this family the best. You also gave Diana false confidence in your finances, which is true, which is another thing where I'm like, you have to have confidence in the person that you're with, the values of the person that you're with, you have a working understanding of how they solve problems and how they deal with um, inadequacy, how they deal with relationships. Uh, like the structure of a relationship and their philosophies of life that will probably come out in dating but I'm pretty sure you would probably find out more quickly in therapy once again I'm advocating for you know people please go to therapy you pushed to buy this house and you pushed her to leave her job oh yeah okay so she she has no job anymore okay so this is overconfident supposed alpha male I say supposed because I'm not sure anymore it doesn't mean that you're weak to say hey I need help and especially not from the woman of whom you have decided will be your partner for the the majority of your life I mean not the majority of your life I mean I don't know how old they are but getting married and staying married all the years of your life that's probably going to be around possibly early 30s mid 30s and most people live to like 80 or something but I'm pretty I'm just I'm sure that there's some people that live all the way to 90 those are lucky blessed people you gambled with money you didn't have which is true that leaves you with no excuses If you need to move, you'll move. If you need to work a blue-collar job, you'll do that. If Diana divorces you, Dad tightened his jaw. It may be something that he doesn't want. He may love his children with all his heart. He may love his wife with all his heart. But that love is not shown in actions. It may be shown in what he could have done or the idea of what he could have done monetarily. But... I know they say love doesn't pay the bills, but if the actions are strong enough, they will. That's another theory for another day, though. I'd kick you out before you could fart or spit. But knowing her, she's going to torture you instead. If she does divorce you, she'll find work and you'll support your children or the courts won't need to find you. Do you understand me, Randall? Okay, so that's his name. I'm pretty sure we already knew his name, but I don't know. I honestly forget most of them, except for Ames and Chrissy. Well, she says, torture you instead. Hmm. Maybe that's her version of trying, really trying to make it work. And that's probably another coping thing. Like I'm just gonna keep pressing until change happens, you know, pressing and pressing, putting so much, um, so much pressure. To where we can make a diamond out of the rough situation. Become a magnificent jewel that everyone will be envious of. Literally. There's a concept of struggle love that a lot of people are like, See, this is real love. This is real love. All of you people who, you know, that's financial love. That's financial love. That's not true. That's artificial. Then it's like, well, how can you say that it's artificial when this is what real love is to me honestly the different versions of real love really Oh, oh my gosh okay so like real love the true definition varies for every culture for every um religion for every uh spirituality for practically almost every other person Um, I know that the media likes to portray one side of it, one side of this type of love, you know, but love comes in all forms, various sizes, various times in your life and at various speeds. So mm. dad looked like something was eating him from the inside out. Then Robin turned to me. You're being the whiny rich kid playing poor pitiful me, acting out by boosting out of windows at night. Aren't you a big help? Okay, that's just one thing. And um, you can seriously chalk it up to teenagers being a teenager. But how many teenagers? Like, okay, this is one thing that always just fascinated me I don't know how many of you watch that old show One Tree Hill or Gossip Girl or um what's the other one with Blake Lively. oh no that's Gossip Girl uh there's another one it was annoying what was the show I don't know what the show was um oh well there was a whole bunch of like Pretty Little Liars there's Riverdale in recent years um Basically, all of these teenagers have cars, they have some form of income, or their parents have money for them, and they're able to drive wherever they want to in the middle of the night. Like, a lot of them barely even have curfews, you know, but they have rules in the house. Um, Now, I was always told you can't be out any later than uh, maybe 930 even 9.30 is too late for you to be out. That's what my mother would say. And even when I became an adult, when the sun would set, I'm like, I need to be in the house. I need to be in the house. Even during the winter times, like, I need to be in the house. I need to, you know, be settled, have my dinner, have my whatever form of entertainment. I don't need to be out. <clears throat> so you can say my curfew, pretty strict. So... Um, when I was younger and even when I was in high school, some would be like, what? No, curfew was at like 1130. Who lets their kids stay out all night? Like literally, um, it's a sticky situation and it's a situation that involves like more study and everything, but just off the backhand of it. I always wondered, you know, they can sneak out or they can be out and they can do this and they can do that. Sometimes they go out their window, sometimes they don't. Like most of the times, um, high school life and portrayal of high school life is usually only married with rich kids upper-middle-class, middle-middle-class, and lower-middle-class. It's never really the poor, poor type of kids. Because my guess is, is that they would be coming probably home at that time from work or something like that. And I mean... Honestly... I mean... I don't know. Like... I honestly don't know. I mean, I think she's like 15 or something. So, you know, that's dangerous. It's a bit dangerous. But it's also dangerous for a 16, 17-year-old as well. And yet, it's commonly portrayed, and I commonly heard it, you know, when I was in high school. So, I'm, like, always wondering because she doesn't seem rich, rich to me she honestly does not she seems like hmm she seems like she is literally upper middle class and she's going to in like right about now she's middle class ish and when she moves she's going to be like lower middle class but she's not going to be exactly poor and I mean yes she's entitled because she doesn't know anybody she wasn't taught anything other than the life she lives now I mean she was able to access movies music and other forms of media that probably portrayed all of these other things that um Possibly could have happened to her life, but more than likely her parents never really sat down and explained these things to her Never showed the like the gravity of the situation of the possibility of not having what they have Then it says aren't you a big help. Well, honestly She didn't even know what was going on. All she knew was, was that her parents were freaking out and It's usually the fight-or-flight um reaction you either demand to know what's going on and you keep pressing 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 like the mother is doing with the father pressing 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 for him to get a job for him to understand that these bills are literally going to drown us in debt thus for leaving us poor or lower middle class poor before coming upper class poor hold on okay Sorry about that. Okay. So, once again, she didn't, She does not know um, at the time. All she knows is that her parents are acting strange. They're not being, you know, as carefree, as fun. Like, you know, hey, something's wrong with my parents. And then the snide remarks. And then, you know, some things were out of... Her control, like her dad, not going to work. I am going to uh, be transparent again. A Literally a few months after I read this, because I think I read it... Uh, I read it sophomore year. Literally a few months. My mother said something again about moving. Right, um, I would say right after I just, I think I had just started, it was August. She legit said we were going to be moving soon and that she was going to bump it up until after we finished this semester at high school. And I was terrified. I was like, what? I'm older now. I'm that much closer to being able to get a real job and money and there are things and functions that I can go to at school and I'll be able to pay for you know like a dress and you know all of these fun things and I was like, oh my gosh I'm almost closer to that tv lifestyle of having a high school equivalent of the best time of your life please 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 don't do this I found out, I would say, about heavy, about a month before we moved. My mother stopped going to work. She honestly did. She stopped going to work. Uh, We didn't see our, our dad as much because, you know, he was working all the time. So we were like, okay, and he lives in another part of the city. So when... When I finally asked her, it was like an entire week. She was like, oh, I'm on vacation. I'm taking time off, you know? So I said, like, okay, she's taking time off. We all need that. I would like to sometimes take a t- like time off of, you know, the hard math that I have to learn, like, every year. So I understood. But I knew that I could not take off from learning the math and everything. But I always thought that she would go back to work. After the second week, I said, you know, what's going on? Because she had a party at her house. Or she had a party at the house. And I mean, that's not anything suspicious. But I then asked, when are you going back to work? And then after like a moment to herself, Literally, I stood there and then she, she literally told me to sit down and told me that she quit her job. I wasn't exactly devastated because I was like, okay, my mom's a smart woman. Like, she must have something else lined up or she must have some other goal and idea where she wants to go. We can't move with no money. Well, we ended up moving, but it was with her sisters so therefore saving a ton of money and creating a super huge rift and when I tell you <laughs> for the next like three weeks because she told me because she stopped going about I think it was the week before um like a week and a half or so before November I was peed off like I was oh man peed off to the point of like how dare you mess up my life and what's going on the good things that are happening like a lot of good things were starting to happen to me And I was getting myself in position to go to this like winter holiday, spring, well not the spring, but it was a winter holiday formal and I really wanted to go. I was putting in like the work, um, physically, like I was literally working out because there was like a dress that I really wanted to wear and I really wanted to have my Cinderella moment. (laughs) Like I was wanting that all of you know this year because I had been considered an ugly duckling and in my sophomore year I kind of had myself together a little bit more so I was like okay first half of sophomore year may be a little crazy but there's full of change in the second half of the year I thought you know I'm gonna have a boyfriend I'm gonna be in line for a job <sighs> life My social life in high school will be just awesome. <laughs> That's just what I thought. And then it was like, no, I have to start sort of kind of all over again. And I, could, I it took me a long time to cope. It really did. And it was mostly because... Uh, She wasn't truthful with me about the things and nothing about our situation. (sighs) Like, I was only told partial truths and truths and um, ideas and things that didn't really even matter because there were certain things that she had not done her due diligence in. And I just saw a myriad effect of what was happening in this book. And I mean... (sighs) It's crazy. It really is crazy. Okay, back to the book. They lied. I accused hearing the whine in my own voice. Well, yeah, they did lie. And one of the other things that I think a lot of people are just like, so what? People lie. Parents lie. Because they're human. All humans lie. (laughs) So it's like, oh, well... That just means you need to be strategic about the way you do this and the way you go about that. Well, a lot of people don't want to do that. A lot of people want to be straightforward and honest with their parents until, boom, you realize, oh, this and this and that. Oh, you lied to me. It. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like whatever age you are, when you're lied to, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. There's no. There's no. Um covering for that literally this is what robin says you don't robin shot back you act like this family was perfect was the perfect kodak snapshot before that's one big lie too well from her perspective it was perfect to her it may not have been perfect to you grandmother robin because you knew some inside things that she did not thus for she did not know that her family From her perspective, and from other people's perfect like, from her perspective, she didn't know that from other people's perspective, that her life wasn't perfect. I mean, from M's perspective, she's like, yeah, you guys kind of have, like, some weird cookie-cutter life. That's because she did not know that her parents lied to her. They had a ground rule set for things. And they were generally open about a lot of things. And that seemed to not be um, a common thing between other households. So because other households were not generally open about specific things, that meant that, oh, well, they think that they're perfect. Or, you know, she thinks that her life's so perfect. Like, literally, people have told me, you think your life is so perfect. I said, no, you don't know my life. You you don't know anything about my life. You may know what people tell you. You may know what you think you see on my face, but you don't know my life. You don't know exactly the emotional things that I go through. You don't know the physical things that I've been through because not all of the physical things that I've been through have been told or expressed with words, okay? That's something that other people who want to tell you about you not having a perfect life. Because what they see seems sort of kind of perfect in their eyes. And they kind of wish that they had that. Because they don't have that in their life. They think that, oh, you're flaunting your fake perfection. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm just happy with where my family is. The knowledge that I have. The the fact that I'm ignorant of supposed bad things or problems within the world or within other families, that means that I have a blissful life. And other people probably don't know that she thinks her life is blissful because she has no real problems that she has to think about. Like no real problems within her familial surroundings outside of her mom can be distant and cold to her because our mom did not settle that situation with her mother once again it goes back to therapy but her grandmother is taking a shot at her and it's like why are you taking a shot at me from what i saw it was perfect to me in my eyes it was perfect and um she says that's one big lie too um okay so once again little lies and things like that it says uh blah blah blah, blah. and they said they lied and you don't well of course when you're young you know older people who can see the good the game being run on them they're gonna be like okay i know she's lying or i know that there's a lie there your brain isn't coming up with you know Magnificent, extravagant lies right now, because you know you're still navigating the deception waters, the waters of deception, and you know you're not as good as some of the rest of the adult people in your life, so they can understand that they're being lied to. However, as you get older and older, literally when you when you lie it's because you don't want to disappoint, you don't want to get into trouble. Literally, there is a condition. Let me look it up. Let me type it in. There is a condition. People who lie just because I know it's another definition, but there's a there's a thing. Pathological lying. Yes, a habitual liar. hmm. Also known as uh Mythomania, uh pseudo all, pseudologia fantastica is a chronic behavior or of compulsive or a habitual lying. Unlike telling the occasional white lie to avoid hurting someone's feelings or getting into trouble, a pathological liar seems to lie for no apparent reason. And that is from um Healthline. The Healthline website. That's what it says on there. And then Business Insider says why some people are compulsive and pathological liars. Narcissists often are often pathological liars because they simply don't care about the truth. They prefer to tell lies and gain control over... And then there's an ellipsis. And then it's Everyday Health. Uh, That website says, Understanding people who lie, a compulsive liar, lies because it serves the person in some odd way and takes comfort and lies this person does telling the truth just doesn't feel right to a compulsive to a compulsive liar um and then it says let me see uh lie for attention uh compulsive lying goodtherapy.org says meanwhile pathological lying often involves a clear motive a person may lie to gain attention or admiration other lies may be designed to garner pity or help from others even harming lies may provide some form of intentional well of internal gratification um is pathological lying, a mental disorder. Pathological lying or mythomania is a mental disorder. Literally, it is a mental disorder in which people habitually or compulsively lie. It was first described in the medical literature in 1895 by Anton Delbruck. So that is Anton, A-N-T-O-N, Delbruck. Delbruck, D-E-L-B-R-U-C-K. So, as you can tell, it's serious. I'm not saying that she has a mental disorder or something like that. I'm just saying that her lies are probably... Uh, I mean, of course, something could have happened to her when she and Em were having their little adventure, of course. But that's... Um, I can see that as her running away from problems and situations that are happening at home that nobody is actually um, outwardly discussing because they don't want to have that conversation within the family or outside the family they just want the problem to go away and newsflash it does not go away if you ignore it but uh, in other instances it's probably to you know it's probably what the dad did He's probably embarrassed about how he allowed this to go about and he probably doesn't want his daughters to be embarrassed or disappointed in him. That could also be another reason why he decides to keep it from the children, but he knows he can't keep it from his wife because it directly affects her and then it trickles down to the children. So he knows the problems that could lie from keeping this lie. I sat back in my chair. That's not true. Ames, I love you, but you live in your own world. Of course, because she's a teenager, she's a teenager. She is in an insulated world with no real um outside of her own family outlook, except from what she may get at the media. And a lot of times people want to glance at stories they don't want to dive deep into it they don't want to delve into other people's situations objectively and um, be blessed for what they have but they may want to control other people's lives because everything within their life is perfect and they may want those people who have bad lives to actually you know mimic their life but not everyone will fall for that and not everyone wants that I think that's something that a lot of people need to also understand. But, you know, whatever. Back to the story. You've been spoiled from day one. Think about it. You wanted what you wanted, and you want it now. Hmm. This goes back to child rearing and teaching your children life lessons. She could have been told that she could work for those things. Um, either barter system, once again, or actually, inst- like I mean, her parents could have been instilling values, except that give everyone, give all my children what I never had, often times means a lot of materialistic things, and a lot of times, they're devoid of emotional connection. So... One of the things that Diana could have given Ames and Chrissy, uh, that one of the things that I'm not going to say that Robin never gave to her, but I'm saying something that she's lacking now, a communication, a relationship with her mother. Now, of course, that's her mother in blood. Okay. And in the legal sense, however, the connection is severed, and some can say it could have been severed the moment that they were able to think outside of of Diana, think outside of her, you know, but that's something that I have to delve into when I have more research and when I study more about it, all the little kid wait, all little kids are like that, I said and A lot of times that can be true. For some kids who are said to have old souls, sometimes it may seem as if, okay, well, I know that, you know, this child may be just a little different because of that supposed old soul. I'm not entirely sold on reincarnation, but I like the idea of it, but I'm not sure. Um... Is Chrissy? Robin drummed her fingers on the table. I looked at Chrissy. No, she wasn't. Um. And then... Uh, spoil from day one. Okay, so one of the things is, okay, they had their first child. A lot of times the first kid is spoiled and doted on until there are other children that enter the picture. Whether from nieces and nephews, adopted children, um, or actual you know baby brothers and sisters sometimes you know they don't know how to deal with shared affection and sometimes they do but they're rising here can it be said that they decidedly decided to do some things differently with Christy than what they did with Ames that could be a thing that could be a thing and besides she's still young too and Ames is older and Ames has Learned some things, okay? She's learned a few things. Um, and once again, her parents are not her only influencers. I'm pretty sure that some of her teachers in her upbringing have told her, you know, about herself in some, uh, some aspect. Grandma, where's Rock and Robin? I asked, almost in a daze. You're as bad as she is, Ames. I wanted to smile at how insulted Mom sounded. Robin grabbed my hand. I tried to shrug her off, but she held on too tight. How did you get this angry? Obviously, because of the parents who also did not deal with their issues. And because of your issues, Robin, that you have not dealt with with your daughter. That's how she got so angry. She was literally an empty vessel that was born into... Things that were covered up and not discussed and not talked through, not understood from an objective point of view on all fronts. That's why she's so angry. At least that's my theory on why she's so angry. The world has always been so easy for you. Is that why you feel so betrayed? Robin's voice was was gentler than her grip. You are your mother made over, Ames. You are your mother made over. Wow. Wow. Let's think about this. You are your mother, made over. So Diana, AKA Ames' mother was also angry with Robin, her mother. You see the pattern here? Moving on. I'm nothing like my mother. I doubted a look. Mom's mouth was set in a line and her eyes were ice. Grandmom paused then shook her head. Because the, the rest of you go into the living room. See if you can work on a plan of action that might get you off your backsides. Chairs scraped back. Mom put one carefully back in her... Wait, hold on. Mom put one... Wait, no. Mom put each one carefully back in their place. Then she followed Dad and Chrissy out. See, she has to come control her environment so that she doesn't fly off the handles the touch of OCD I guess that's me talking not the book think again Ames remember going to see Jimmy Buffett on my birthday remember how you didn't need a towel she left the kitchen and went into the living room leaving me to linger over her puzzle let's linger shall we (sighs) <sighs> okay, I'm done. A couple of years ago for her birthday, we took Robin to see Jimmy Buffett playing an outdoor concert in Denver. We were heading to the car for the, dri- for the drive down and it started pouring. Mom ran inside to check all the windows so nothing would get ruined. I hauled butt for the car so I wouldn't get wet. The goofy threesome, Robin, Dad, and Chrissy stood there like turkeys with their faces turned to the rain getting drenched. Sticking their tongues out, arguing about what the rain tasted like. Okay, so those are the three carefree ones. So my guess is that's why Robin wasn't so, you know, uh, against her possibly stuffy or, or seemingly stuffy, stiff control freak sort of control freak of a daughter marrying this man who kind of in some sort of way was like her but the male version of her and you know there's a bit of innocence and a bit of I don't know freedom and not Caring about certain things. But this is just one instance. Then I got Robin's point. Mom came out of the house with three tiles Like she knew only three of us would need them. But not me. So I never. Wait. So I knew I'd never stand out in the rain getting soaked. If I didn't have to. Like her. Okay. So practicality. Some things, something dangerous weird its head. I'm nothing like her. That could be denial. <sighs> that could be realization. And once again, wouldn't the mother also need a towel? Right? <sighs> because the mom went back to check the belongings. So nothing got ruined, nothing messed up in the house. She went to the car. Because she wasn't getting wet. Which is reasonable. Because unless... I I mean like... Unless you just don't care for the moment. I mean because water is very good. Water is good for us. But it can ruin stuff. It can ruin the car seats. It can ruin um, the inside of your house. The belongings and things like that. But honestly, I just think that... This potentially had um, Diana and Robin fix what was going on between them and understood that, you know, that's why they are them, you know, and they are two separate people with two separate ideals of life, and they went through two separate things in their formative years. Ames could also um, be joined into this, and she could be closer with her mother, than with her grandmother, father, and sister. She's closer with them than her mom. It's a weird thing. Once again, gotta think about it. That's the end of this section. Okay, section two. I walked into the living room. Robin gestured me to a chair. Now what's the plan, she asked. Randall and I both look for jobs, mom said. There won't be the pay grades or the prestige that we're used to the prestige I don't know why I can't say that word prestige prestige okay uh that we're used to but we'll have to get past that which is what I'm saying why couldn't they get past that months ago I mean honestly I can't do too well without having some type of uh income coming in because i can i see how quickly things can turn because i understand the um i understand how expensive of a country we literally live in in the u.s and there's no way literally no way at least not for me as soon as I found out by my husband lost his job, that things were going awry, I probably would have asked for my job back, begged for it back if I needed to. Dad seemed to be sucking on his cheeks to the side of his, to be sucking his cheeks to the side of his mouth, but he nodded. Can you keep up the mortgage on this house? Sweat popped out of Dad's brow. No. Which is crazy because. While he was looking for a job and not finding anything in the corporate America, he should have been looking for something um, in a more quiet, rural, rural spot where he could have taken his corporate expertise to those who are in need of, well, not necessarily in need, but probably in wish fulfillment of having something like similar to that. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just spitballing once again. Mom closed her eyes for a long minute, then opened them again. We have some high-ticket items here that'll sell quickly. That should cover us for a month or two. We put the house on the market tomorrow and look for a cheaper place, hopefully in a decent school district for Ames and Chrissy, since they'll go to public school. Once again, this should have been done months ago, before the holidays. Literally, before the holidays. If he knew that this was going on and um, Earl helped him get out of that situation and he finally told his wife, they should have been doing all of this within, I would say, a week. But that's just me. Okay. That's just my thought process. A lot of people may not have that same thought process, but <sighs> literally it would have helped with the change just a little bit, obviously they would have had to stop their um children from, you know, um making any financial mistakes, i.e. with Ames and the iTunes. And they should have talked about it as a family. I know how some people may say, well that's it's the parents job to provide for the kids and to make sure that everything goes well well yeah but when you are doing all of that change so much of that change it's best to not call it an adventure like robin did it's best to talk it through to let them understand and and fully digest it so that way if they do make mistakes which we are not saying that they can't they understand the gravitation of all of that bad decision making and what it will have on their life robin nodded there's an age limit for my condo and no children clause so you can't move in with me but i'll put it on the market right right away you can't randall mom asked the deed is in my name so i could pay the taxes i took a second mortgage on it i owe back taxes you're going to lose it robin good she didn't bat an eye I hate the place. Too many old people. Okay. So I'm not sure for I'm not like for sure for sure if they if she moved in with them when they moved to Texas. I'm not like positive. But I am pretty sure uh that I I don't know. I'm pretty sure. I don't even know what I'm sure of, honestly, because I lost it. I <laughs> lost it when I said I'm not sure if they if she moves to Texas or not. Anyway, <clears throat> I stared at Dad. Dad, how could you do that to Grandma? Literally putting this woman on the, literally putting her on the street. I forgot about this clause. I probably didn't think about it when I was first reading it. Because I read this book twice before my two, before, uh, I think it was two weeks. Yeah, before my two weeks of... Um, borrowing the book from the library were up. I literally read this twice. And then it says, Ames, I'll be fine. I can survive in a tin can. No, she could not because a tin can is literally inhabitable for a human unless it's human size. That's the difference between, uh, the Fords and me. Robin gestured to mom, Diana, stop shooting Black looks at your husband. You had a plan. Keep talking. Mom worked her jaw back and forth. She took a couple of deep breaths and continued. Since the house we move in will be smaller, we can sell quite a bit of furniture and art. We may take a beating on this house, but we should have enough for a decent down payment and a little savings. It will be a different life, but it's what we have to do. Randall, are you on board? Robin's voice was not friendly. I said yes, didn't I? He shoved back his chair and went to the kitchen. He came back with a corona. (laughs) You have my word. Do you need my testicles for collateral? So he feels literally emasculated. It's a sad thing, but we have to work to make things better, literally. Like you have any, Mom said under her breath, quick as a snake bite. (laughs) Now that's where I'm seeing that she and Ames are alike. It happens all the time. Diana, divorce him or welcome him to the boat. Use the oars to row, not to beat each other over the head. Ames, what about you? This grandma Robin is giving great advice, actually. I looked at dad, mom, and Robin. Finally at Chrissy. I thought about mom at 13, homeless and scared. I'm on board. No spending, no boosting out of windows. I'll go to a public school. I won't give anyone attitude, but I want to be in the boat too. Don't lie to me. Tell me what's really happening. That's all I want, I said. This whole boosting out of windows, that's free. You might break something. That's not free. Well, you know, to break it is free. To fix it it costs money. But you know, hey, I don't personally, I don't personally see anything wrong with boosting out of windows. Just as long as you're not doing anything illegal, like smoking, the joints in the car, the marijuana. Anyway. I could see Robin's glance as she wasn't sure she believed me. Now that mom had a plan, an outline, rules, a checklist, she was easier in her skin. Hello. She's someone who needs rules. She needs structure. She got her laptop and typed and tapped. I assume she was moving from room to room surveying before she typed that she was making a list of uh, saleable items, which she probably should have been doing in the first place. I'm not trying to judge. I'm just saying that this would have been better suited. Had she done this like when she first found out that he lost his job and put the money away in an account so it could create some interest, and then he could have found out about it when he agreed to move because honestly, the father figure in this situation is not thinking clearly. But now that Grandma Robin has stepped in, literally an authority figure over them who has now seemingly got her life together. Since she has her life together, she's able to help finally. Well, not finally, we don't exactly know, but she's able to help her child. Mom, what can Chrissy and I help you do? At this stage, not a lot. You can get Chrissy ready for bed. You can do your homework without a fuss. I'm going to be busy sorting things and looking for a house and getting this one ready for sale, all while looking for a job. You'll have to take up the slack around here, Mom's side. I'll make a chore sheet for each of you tomorrow. The commander was back. Okay, that's the end of the chapter. I'm on page 114. While she was... Spinning out of control on, I don't know, Christmas, around Christmas or whatever. I was kind of hoping Commander would be either begging for her job back already or doing this saleable um, items list and things like that. I'm pretty sure that I personally would have worked up a plan to do that in the first place. But I have also been in slumps like this to where it's hard to do. Um, because literally you go through a depressive state and it's not fun at all. I just can only say that I understand. (sighs) Now, they're going to be doing the best that they can. And I think, I think we have like, what, two more chapters, two more chapters and about 20 pages before we actually get to part two. But that is the end of this episode and I shall see you and I wish you guys all the best. Peace out.